And I guess this has to be the last Friday in February, since there are only 28 days in February. So uh, that's it for the month of February, moving on to March. Although they do say April is the cruelest month. Deb Hutton joins us, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers, now in the private communications business. And she's on the morning brief today to probably come and set me and Nick straight on all of the big issues of the day. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, John. But I got to tell you, I am so happy that I'm on and heard you say that this is the last day of February, because in our house, that means it's dress down day at school. The oh, yeah. Don't wear uniforms. And I would have sent them in uniforms. So thank you. I my my appearance here has been worth it for no other reason than that. All right. And I'm kind of curious. Do they have their own authoritative style when they can wear whatever the heck they want? Uh, well, the eight-year-old is is really the issue. Uh, last dress down day, she wore, even though it was uh, January, um, Christmas pants on the bottom because she loved her Christmas leggings so much, and a very floral top. Okay, I'm just remembering, and maybe I should pull the photographs as evidence. But you know, I was largely dressed by my mother in the '70s, and it was a very unfortunate episode. So uh, let's get to the big stories of the day. One of them being, and I don't know if you know any of us have any firm opinions about this, but at least we know the election day for the mayor of Toronto is the 26th of June, and it strikes me that in all likelihood we're going to have the most dismal turnout ever. I don't know about that. I, I guess that's possible. Um, and certainly having it uh, in June when schools are still in session and before most people go on vacations is good. I, I'm still a little skeptical because this is all contingent on council declaring the vacancy on whatever date they have. 29th March, March. 29th, yeah. right. So I just, I worry that our city of Toronto council gets way too into the weeds and overthinks this and that we end up with a September date so exactly so i think june 26 quite frankly is perfect it's not too far away it's not too close it gives everyone an opportunity uh you don't have to have your nomination in until i think the beginning of april if if this is the timetable but i do worry about our council yeah i guess my view is kind of informed by the fact that as a former quebecer the 24th of june is saint jean baptiste and that is the running down of the curtain on everything nothing significant happens between the 24th of June and Labor Day in Quebec. So that's my worry that on the 26th of June, Torontonians are going to be like, yeah, I'd rather go for a bike ride. Well, it's possible. And again, I, my lens is as a mom and the kids are in school until the 28th or 29th this year. So that's how I perceive the world. <laughs> so the NDP continues to bang the drum about Doug Ford's daughter's stag and doe and then wedding. And I know that the, the feeling was like, OK, get over it and we're going to wait this out this week and go through question period. It'll have various iterations, but it's going to die down. I'm not sure that's actually happening. Well, it certainly isn't happening, uh, whether it's having any traction or not on what really matters or should matter to Marit Stiles, which is her reputation and, and the NDP standings in people's minds, both currently and, and into the next election. You know, what I'm concerned about is at a certain point in time, the media and probably the public before the media will have to start to say, where's the meat? You know, I, I, her, her letter, most recent salvo was, I'm concerned that invitees felt pressured, that they felt browbeaten. Well, you can be concerned about that all you want, but you need to bring somebody forward who's prepared to say that. You need to put some facts on the table. I suspect, as much as we assume, and we've, we've certainly heard the Premier's irritation about this topic, that the government is not super unhappy 
that this continues to be the headline every day because <laughs> it's not affordability. <laughs> yeah. It's not health care. Affordability. I mean, Doug Ford has really not borne the brunt of, of anything as it relates to inflation and affordability. I'd hate to be on the other side of that one if I were the premier. Yeah, it must be very interesting in the caucus room every morning as they prepare for question period, trying to decide what the juicier question should be, because healthcare, you're right, is the bigger issue. Um, but for the NDP, trying to suggest that Doug Ford is on the take to developers is probably more attractive. It is. But at a certain point of time, you have to put some facts on the table and maybe that'll happen. And when it does, then then it will all be uh, a, a good strategy for the NDP. But in the absence of that, I think they are missing a tremendous opportunity because the one thing Marit Stiles has done, and you and I have talked about this before, John, is she has put a, a, she's planted a flag in the ground around not for profit, which isn't the same as private. And and she has defined the uh, what she will support in terms of not for profit, which is really smart because people say, well, if you're making profit, your dollars aren't going to health care. It's a very complicated argument to make the other side of that for people. Uh, Jerry Agar does a great job of it several times a day, but she has actually been quite smart about this issue. And yet she's not furthering it because she's talking about a stag and doe. So you may have heard our conversation with Mark Mendelson about this. A new study is out suggesting that, uh, well, not suggesting, it's known. Uh, police set a record for deadly force in 2022. But Mark and I were also going back and forth that there's a lot of context missing here. Now, they do, for example, account for the fact that there was a man with mental health issues who was shot dead by police. That's included on the list. Then there's Regis Korczynski Paquette, who fell off a balcony again during a mental health episode while police police were present. That is not included. Uh, but still, I, I think the context is, is missing. I don't think we can write it off, but we need to understand more. So I think part of the challenge here is the group that's doing this, as, as Mark said earlier in the, in the show, John. Information is knowledge and tracking these statistics is absolutely key to understanding uh, systemic racism in our in our police forces, to understanding uh, how we update guidelines, how police forces update guidelines around use of force. I mean, it used to be that tasers were considered a, a, a more gentle way to deal with potential criminals. We now see that tasers are causing death. So it, it helps us without a doubt in our policing and in, in issues related to policing. But it has to be a credible database to be able to do that. And I think police forces, governments, whatever the appropriate organization is, should be tracking this data. That's the good news. I'm not sure this particular group is where we want our statistics to come from. So I think this next topic reaches beyond sort of an indigenous framing. Uh, indigenous groups are slamming the choice of an international organization to advise uh, Canada on residential school graves. I think the wider question is, why are we hiring a foreign country to do something that we could do here domestically, even if we, you know, and that, then you get to the question of whether or not we need to hire outside of existing civil servants. Well, I'll take the first one because that to me is the shocking one here, which is to say, like, in what, in what scenario in, in our time of truth and reconciliation, do you not go back to the indigenous communities here in Canada to help you with some of these issues? Like, it just blows my mind that you would, that you would go beyond our indigenous community, period. 
let alone, you know, an out of the country organization. This is just silly. Like I can't, I can't believe that somebody uh, up the food chain didn't say, Hey guys, I don't think that this is consistent with what we're trying to do with our indigenous communities around engagement. I mean, is there anything more deeply personal than this issue? to that community and to not involve them in a substantive way and to thumb your nose at them by hiring someone not only not in Canada, but, but, you know, a foreign country outside of our continent is just, it's crazy. Deb, wonderful to have you. Thanks so much. You have a good, good weekend. Thanks so much, John. You too.